Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko. On today's episode, we sit down with photographer Anastasia Garcia. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. And welcome to Big Things with Zach Miko. Thank you guys for being here. As always, I'm your host, Zach Miko. How you doing um, on this fine summer day? Uh, I think it's very hot right now. I'm going to assume it's very hot because it's very hot now. You know, I was talking uh, to my buddy Paul. You guys know him, Paul Guyette. He comes on the show every now and then. And we were talking about weather, and he was talking about how he will not talk about weather with people anymore because no matter how intense the weather, no matter how crazy we're talking about, you're still talking about weather. And every time I reference the weather, I think of him. But I like weather, so I'm going to keep referencing it. Anyway, we have a fantastic show for you guys today. I sit down with the amazing photographer, Anastasia Garcia. Uh, you guys, uh, you know her. I promise you do. You might not know her by name, but you definitely see her work. She has been an amazing photographer she is very active in the plus community and she has shot everybody in the plus model community you can imagine i mean she's shot ashley graham hunter mcgrady marquita pring you name them she's she's done it she's an amazing person um and it was so cool to sit down and talk with her we actually got to meet i don't know when we met for the first time but the internet's funny because you always know of each other, and I know we had met because we'd never worked together, but we worked in the same studio many times, and we became friends with that. She was also just recently featured in the film Straight Curve, who we talked to their director, Jenny, in a previous episode, and it was just a great conversation. We sit down and talk about life, about being an artist, about student loans, about what body positivity really means about acceptance and it's just so much fun and I'm already blabbering on. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Anastasia Garcia. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting here with photographer Anastasia Garcia. How you doing? I am awesome. Me? How are you? I'm, I'm great. <laughs> I'm sitting here with you, so it's a good thing. Um, so uh, Anastasia is an amazing photographer. I don't have we. I don't think we've ever worked together. No, not yet. No, not yet. We've, we've been in the same. We've studios. been in the same studios, like crossing paths. So it makes me think we have, <laughs> but, yeah. but we've never actually shot together. We'll make it happen. It's definitely gonna happen. Absolutely. Um, Let's start from the very beginning. So, where are you from originally? Um, I actually never know how to answer that question because I'm a military kid. Oh, so. one of my closest friends is a military kid, and she has the same thing. Yeah. She has no... She says Florida because that's where her family lives now. That's where my family lives now. Yeah. In Florida. I did my last two years of high school there and then all four years of college, but there's places that I've lived longer than that, so yeah. it's it's confusing. Yeah, no, that's the thing with my friend Karen. She's gotten to the point where she's realized that she's, oh, she's lived in New York longer than anywhere else. But like, you know, 
she was in Germany and Texas and New Jersey and Florida. So it's just like, eh. yeah, I was born in New Jersey, moved to Germany when I was eight months old, spent the first eight years of my life in Germany and then ugh, North Dakota, um, Colorado, Japan, Jeez. Florida. Yeah, it's which parent was in the military? My dad. And what branch? Air Force. Yeah. Okay. That explains why it, Karen's uh, dad was in the Air Force also. So it sounds like you guys Similar were at bases. the same basis. <laughs> yeah. It always works like that. It's so crazy. There's so many bases, but it seems like... Everyone goes to the same couple. It, yeah. Kind of yeah. feels like that. That's so funny. Um. So, so you said you were born in Jersey. Yeah. My parents are both New Yorkers. So okay. my dad actually just happened to be stationed at Jersey at the time. So... I ended up being born there. Hey, it worked out. Yeah. Not I too bad. You see how I try not to claim Jersey? I'm like, oh, no, no. Oh. I was just born there. Like, I'm not from there. <laughs> I totally get that. I have a weird thing with Jersey. <laughs> I, I like I, to all of my Jersey people listening. I love you all. But there's just a weird mental hang up I have with Jersey. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of family in Jersey, so I'm being so shady. But <laughs> I know. No, no. I do, too. I like I have so many friends in Jersey yeah. that I love dearly. I have so many people that I love from New Jersey. But um, I have like friends who are like pushing me real hard to move to Jersey. They're like, it's so much cheaper and you can get so much more land. I'm like, yeah, but like if me and my wife have a child, I have to say it's from Jersey. Like, <laughs> I'd rather. Yeah. I was like, I would rather like you know do anything else have them born somewhere else and then maybe if i live in jersey later it's like yeah but you're from here. you're not from like, jersey i just don't want to say you're from new jersey there's so many highways you just drive across the the water to give birth and then come back <laughs> it's not the worst idea <laughs> exactly um so uh, i forget what did you say you you formed your like high school years in so more? I, I did my like the beginning of my high school years were in japan Okay. And then my dad, um, after Japan, we were stationed in Idaho, in like the sticks of Idaho, which was really hard for my family because we were used to like being in Europe and Japan, and then yeah. all of a sudden we were in like rural Idaho. So my dad was like, "Okay, I'm going to retire now." Um, yeah. So then I did only six months of high school in Idaho, and then the the last two years in Florida. Hmm. That's. I mean, I. I it's hard for me to. I was you know, lived in the same town until I until i moved so i never think about what it's like to kind of not if you had to pick a a home like do you feel like like for example new york's more your home or is it more where like your parents live now idea when you say you're going home for thanksgiving what does that feel like um well it's usually my well we have a tradition so my parents come here for thanksgiving but when i say i'm going home for christmas i'm going to florida yeah um but it's weird because I think like Japan actually feels like the most home besides, I mean, I'm an adult living in New York now, so this is my home now. Yeah. But because my like time spent in Japan was like such formative years, it was like elementary school, middle school, early high school. Yeah. Um, I just have such a connection to that place. I like came of age there. So yeah. I don't know, but I'm not from Japan. It's, I'm not, it's, but, and I don't go home to Japan, but it will always feel like that, you know? Yeah. Do you speak Japanese? I don't. No. Oh. I was on an American military. No, exactly. Base. And that's the same with, you know, my military friends who are like, oh, yeah, I lived in Germany for four years. Do you speak German? They're like, no. I just, <laughs> we didn't really leave the base. So. I actually did speak German when I was younger because I lived there for eight years and we lived off base. And oh, yeah, yeah. Once we moved, though, it was just kind of like, and that's gone. And I know how to order and ask for the bathroom. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. That's what I'm good at with most languages is I know 
you know, how to order food <laughs> and to ask where the bathroom is. Be like, what else do you need say to know? How much. Yeah, you know? that's really all I need to do. That's actually shady. Like, we should definitely have a better no. understanding. But when you're traveling, at least. When you're traveling, you need to know. But I feel that ugh. America and their language programs are terrible. Because, like, I always get, so, I always feel so bad. I always feel so dumb. Because everybody, everybody speaks another language but me, like, is the way I feel. Especially living in New York with such a huge immigrant population. Yeah. I feel like I'm so dumb. Yeah. I was, that's why I get so mad at, like, is that idiot um, at the Manhattan deli that got mad oh, that they were speaking Spanish and whatnot. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, that for one... I'm, I applaud the hell out of them. They're way smarter than me. They're speaking two languages right now. Yeah. And they're speaking to their Spanish-speaking customers, and they're going to switch to English for their English-speaking customers. Yep. They're doing mental gymnastics, flipping back and forth. Yep. That's that's amazing to me. Well, the irony is, too, did you see that on his website, on his business website, he advertised that they spoke yeah. Spanish in the like, office? Yeah, he was like, hablo espanol. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, what? You are trash. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of trash people. Nowadays, a lot of trash people have come out of the woodwork. I mean, it's like they've always been there. Just now we see them, you know, it's 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 interesting to like watch everything kind of unfold, you know, because I feel like so many of us have this like clutching our pearls moment, you know, like, oh, my God, there's people like that. Yeah. And it's like there really has always been people like that. And so many of us have the privilege of not having had to encounter and deal with that. And there, many of us are not have not been that lucky for a very long time, and it's just, yeah, you know, and it's it's awful and frustrating what, the kind of point that we're at right now. But in a lot of ways, it's kind of a good thing because it's being revealed. Like no longer yeah. can we be like, this isn't our country, you know? It's like, no, um, no yeah, yeah, it, it is, is our country. Always has been. Yeah, it's been it for for a bit. Do you think you have a different perspective from living abroad in <clears throat> like for so long? Like, do you do you think? Do the like when you're in Japan or Germany or whatever, do they think about America as different than the Americans think about it? Um, I in my experience, people like actually like the Western culture has such a large influence globally. Like American culture is maybe more so in Japan than in Germany, but it yeah. is very much like this aspirational thing. But more for like pop culture and music and things like that. Um never from like a necessarily like a political sense or an, even yeah. an economic sense or you know it but like culturally absolutely like in japan it was a very aspirational like where they wanted like american food and american candy and yeah. american music and um i work a lot in the philippines sometimes and it's it's very similar or i was so excited because the philippines was my first asian country i ever went to it was my first time in asia it's a beautiful place to go oh it's beautiful it's an amazing country but it's like i go there and i'm so excited to be immersed in asian culture and i stayed in a best western between a subway and a burger king and i was just <laughs> like this isn't this doesn't feel this right feels wrong. <laughs> exactly yeah no but it's true i mean there's definitely there's a western culture has really stretched it's a very become a very global thing you know the world is so small now because of travel and technology it's just crazy especially the internet that we can flip on a live stream to a different country at any time and there's millions of them going at all times and at any time i can email somebody on the other side of the world and get almost an instant response depending on the time of day but you know what i mean it's crazy i know sometimes i have to like catch myself and realize that like there is a six hour difference between me and the person i'm talking to and that's why they're not responding because they're asleep right. 
because yes, it's 5 p.m. for me, but it's 1 a.m. for them, yeah. <laughs> and they're out cold. Oh, man. It's weird. It's weird. Um, so when did you start uh, first getting into, was it in high school you started getting into fashion and photography? Um, I mean, there's a few like interesting stories in my family. Like when I was five years old, my mom, we were living in Germany at the time. And my mom had bought this like beautiful 35 millimeter camera to like document our travels and like, you know. Yeah. Um, and I like took it without asking her and like put it in my backpack. I was in kindergarten <laughs> and I brought it to school because I was like, I want to take pictures of my friends at school. Yeah. And I ended up dropping the camera on the playground and it broke and Ooh. I got in so much trouble but now it's like this joke in my family of like, oh, well, well if we would have known that you were going to be a photographer, baby, you know, it's yeah. like this thing. And then when I was in Japan, um, I would like fun for me was like I would go buy like a bunch of disposable cameras and I would make my friends go to the mall and get dressed up and I would photograph them in the dressing rooms with these disposable cameras and like have them pose and do stuff like that. And I didn't even like draw like i didn't make a connection like i wasn't like oh photography i didn't even realize that photography was a job or yeah like, no no no. you even know what i mean when i was a little kid it was a when i was younger it was the same thing it was a disposable cameras and then those went away and everybody got um just those regular little digital Digitals. cameras that everyone had on them at all times yeah i shot my college portfolio on one of those little digital cameras. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like to, when i was applying for art schools i was like using this little like tiny megapixel camera it's like yeah. hilarious but yeah, it's funny because I look back now and I'm like, oh, that was like really formative. Like you had your girlfriends dress up and you had them pose. You were 13. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. But I really like got into it um, in high school. Like I took an art class my junior year and we kind of started playing around with photography a little bit. And then my senior year, um, I was dating someone at the time who was also an artist. And we were like, we're going to go to the same art school and we're going to be together forever. And this mm -hmm. will be amazing. And we ended up getting into different art schools. Um, and he was a painter and I was like going to pursue photography. So I just went to school for photography. And it's kind of crazy because I just decided like my senior year after having, I haven't been doing it very long. It's like yeah. I had this long, you know, um, I just decided that like I was going to pursue that. And I'm glad I did that because it's my favorite yeah, thing in the whole world. It <laughs> worked out well for you. Yeah. Um, no, it's funny. It was There wasn't like an a. Because you say you decided last. It wasn't like an epiphany moment or anything like that. You were just sort of like. No, it just yeah. was like, oh, I think, you know, it's like, oh, you have to go. It was more like, OK, you have to go to college. What do you want to go to college for? And, it, you know, Jeez, like things yeah. were kind of approaching. And I was like, well, this is fun and I enjoy this. And we're talking about art school and I could do this at art school. And, yeah. you know, it wasn't this like. At first, it wasn't this like, oh, my God, and this is what I'm going to do, and no, this it, is my life purpose. Well, it's amazing that we make yeah, we, we make 17-year-old kids decide their entire future. It's insane. Like, right away. It's nuts it's to insane. me. And, like, especially, like, our generation, I nearly buried myself permanently with student loans. I am. I'm I am. still paying them off. I'm still – I feel like for the first time in my life, I feel like I have somewhat control over them. For the first time in my life, they're going down instead of up. But, like, it, it's 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 something I'll be paying for God knows how long. I'm in – I have six-figure. Yeah, I did. Debt. I did, too, it's when insane. I first started. I just got – it was just last year I got under six figures. And I remember even thinking – because, for one, also, you're offering kids – 
17 year old kids you'd be like hey you really got to go to college otherwise you're a piece of shit and they're like oh well i don't want to be they, they, they tell you flat out they're like yeah. you need to go to college or join the military those are your two options yeah and you're like well i don't really want to join the military i guess i'll <laughs> i guess i'll go to college and they're like okay cool how are you gonna pay for this college and i was just like i don't know my we don't, how much is it? And they're like, it's about $35,000 a year. And you're like, oh, I don't have that. And they're like, oh, don't worry. Sign right here. Yep. And we'll totally give you the money. And you're just going to owe 100000 on this 35000 eventually. And you're just like, oh, yeah, that's fine because when because I'm 17. So when I graduate from college, I'm going to start making a, at least 100000 a year yep. as soon as I'm out of college. Yep. And it's you're, we're sold this false craziness. It's perverse it's so bad like i have conversations like because you know now this affects my relationship and it definitely affects my family because my parents co-signed on these loans yeah and i like you know i don't regret my college experience it was so formative and i'm so thankful for it but if i would have understood at 18 years old what i was committing to yeah i really wonder what decision i would have made because it's one thing too. You're like, because you're to everything you said. Like you're like, oh, but once I go to college, I'm gonna be making so think, much yeah. money, so it'll be fine. Because we were sold that we were guaranteed. Oh, you'll be successful because you went to college. Yeah, but the thing that too is like the interest on these loans, is, it's it should be illegal. It's disgusting. I have one that's um, I think it's it's ten point seven five percent interest annually, but it's also compounding. So the interest on it. I'm now paying interest on the interest. And I remember getting to the one I had because, you know, I had a bunch of small loans. That's how it is. And I had one loan that I remember I originally borrowed like 33000 And then I was like looking at my thing and I had paid back $25,000. I'm like, still oh, that's 000. great. And I owed $41,000 <laughs> on the thirty-three after paying 25000 Yep. I was just like, what? How does this yep. math? This is, there's, they're loan shark levels yep. that like loan sharks would never. Like Tony Soprano would feel bad charging what these student loan companies it's criminal. charge, and they make it so it's impossible to get out. I had to hire attorneys to help me like navigate it. I have yeah. a, I have a loan that is a thousand dollars a month in interest. A thousand dollars a month in interest. I mean, it's just, it's insane. It's crazy. And then to your point, like there because the loans are all broken up into so many different loans, it's yeah. so hard to manage. And you think yep. you have. Because you have one, two, and three under control, you're like, oh, I got this. And then they're like, oh, but here's four, five, six, seven, and eight that you're not. And you're like, oh, my God, what? And then you have all these commercials for the like, you need help? Call SoFi to consolidate your student loan debt. So then you're like, that sounds great. I'd love to have one bill. And you call them to consolidate your student loan debt. And they go, ah, ooh, you can't consolidate because your credit's a piece of shit because you have all these student loans. So your credit score is not high enough to consolidate your student loans. And I'm like, what is your business plan? (laughs) What are you consolidating? If the only people who want to consolidate are people who cannot afford their payments. Like it's. I remember uh, when I first got out of school, um, I was like, okay, well, like, let's start trying to pay on these. And at that, you know, right out of college, you're making trash money. And they were like, oh, your monthly payment will be $1,200. Yeah. I'm like, that's more than my rent. What? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm, you know, I was, what, 22. I'm like, yeah. I can't pay my rent and my car and eat and pay this $1,200 a month. You know what I mean? They just, they make it. That was a big, when I met my wife, I remember the hardest thing. I gave her like an out. Like when we first started dating and I was just like, you're wonderful. I really like you. 
I want you to know it was it was the same thing. My 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 minimum student loan payment was was well over twelve hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I just want you to know this. Like, if you want to run, I totally get it because <laughs> this is a lot of money, and the only reason I'm surviving in New York City is that I was lucky enough to find a shitty apartment with four roommates where I only pay five hundred dollars yeah. a month, and that was the only. And I was so lucky to find that apartment. It was the only thing that kept me in the city. Yeah. And it's also, the, I think, the biggest lie we tell kids. I, I, I can't wait for my future and unborn children to get to college age so I can sit them down and explain to them, like, this is what actually happens. And this is why you're not going to that fancy private school that it will look good on your resume. Just because, like, not that you'll never go there, but you're not going right now. We're going to take a year off and figure shit out because we tell our kids that when you say, oh, you need to go to college, and our kids go, oh, well, I don't know what I want to do. And they're like, that's fine. Just take your first two years. You don't have to decide on a major for two years. Take a little bit of everything. See what you like. Meanwhile, that kid has spent 70 grand of money he doesn't have trying to figure it Mm -hmm. out. And then he's like, oh, well, now I have to just pick something. I'm going to major in communications or something like I majored in, and you're just like, it. Oh, it's the worst. It's yeah. it's so perverse and it's so fucked up and it's really limiting to our like whole generation. Is that I hear people complain all the time, and I I hate listening to like millennial jokes and baby boomer jokes and them going oh, back yeah. and forth because I just want to kind of be like, listen. I understand you're you're older you're the older generation of course you're not going to like the younger generation that's what always happens but you need to understand when you keep calling us lazy and whatnot I graduated with six figures in debt to then go work for 750 an hour yep. like and yeah. that's what I did and then you don't want to raise the minimum wage yeah because you know like it's have you seen and then I finally start making more money and now I need and now I can't afford my health care and you won't afford like it's it's just nuts to like well we didn't have this because you worked for the same company who paid for your health care for 50 years you were very lucky you bought a house at 23 years old you paid for college with your summer job Mm -hmm. I would have loved that would have been amazing that would have been so fucking great my mom there's a couple there's a couple like funny conversations I had with my mom the first one is she loves to tell me about her huge railroad apartment in Greenpoint that she used to pay $200 a month for. Ugh. And I'm like, okay, well, it's like 22 maybe, maybe 25 now, Mom. Yeah, at least. Yeah, and she always is like, oh, well, when do you want to have children? And I'm like, what? Like, I would, I would love to start a family at some point. I'm like, but that seems crazy right now. Yeah. Like, she's like, do you think, she's like, when are you going to start thinking about buying a house? I'm like, buying a house? I'm like, are you looking at the same student loan debt papers that I'm looking at? Yeah. Like, so many things that were just a given for that generation. It's just not. It just have, seems crazy. It scares the hell out of us. And the, the worst part is you and I, like, we're having this this uh, this conversation and we feel so burdened. But you and I work in fashion, I not the least paying industry I in know. the world. When it comes to other, I think all the time I'm like, man, if I lived in Kansas and was making this money i would live like a king forever True. but it's like in new york living in the city we need to live in in order to have this career yep it's it's keeping your head above water feels like almost insane yeah and the amount that you have to bring in financially to make even like a normal life sustainable here is crazy i know uh, and that's my big thing for like my future kids is just trying to explain to them like no 
You're not taking out a student loan. I don't care how want, how badly you want to go to that school. We will pay for it. And if we can't afford to pay for it, you'll have to do something else. And I know 17-year-old you is going to be real mad you don't get to go to Vassar or wherever the hell you wanted to go. But uh, 22-year-old you will be real happy yeah. when you graduate from the state school debt-free. Yeah. Like, But it's also definitely made me think differently. Like, I'm the first person in my family to graduate from college. Mm-hmm. Like, both of my parents escaped extreme poverty. They grew up in the projects in New York. And, you yeah. know, so it's not like they were saving for my college. They were always telling me that I had to go, but they yep. didn't They didn't really understand the fight, like, what that would look like financially because they yeah. didn't have experience with it. And, you know, I think a lot about how I'm going to start saving for their education extremely early because – I went to a fancy school that yeah. made all of the difference in what happened afterwards. It yeah. did, you know, and could I could I afford it? No. Am I in debt forever? Yes. But I do see the advantages, you know, yeah. and I do. I want that for them, um, which just makes me feel like I need to be saving constantly. And then it's like, <laughs> that's why the thought of even having kids terrifies me because I'm know. like, how am I going to save and pay for this? And, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's just... I saw this hilarious thing where someone cut out from the newspaper all of the headlines that said millennials. And it was like, millennials are ruining this industry. Oh, it was all the industry they're killed. Yeah, did you see that? And they were just like, oh, millennials killing the diamond industry. (laughs) And someone someone just wrote back uh, something like that. It's like, my student loan payment is $700 a month. Like, you you think I'm buying diamonds for anybody? Yeah. (laughs) Like... Oh, they like, and I and I and I like golf, but it's, it'll be like millennials are killing the golf industry. I'm like, yeah, it's the most expensive sport in the world to play. I play golf because my dad and my brother play golf, and they gave me a set of golf clubs. <laughs> that didn't happen. I wasn't yeah. spending five grand on a new set of golf clubs. Like, it's it's just some it, of them were like preposterous too. Like it was like they're killing. It was like a some kind of. I wish I I, I want to try to find it while we're talking. No, you should because they are. They're hilarious. hilariously bad. It, it's it's yeah. I get that's an argument. The avocado the avocado toast argument. I think <laughs> is the craziest thing. It was that one rich guy went on TV, and was just like millennials. You know, you'd be able to buy a house if you stopped spending all this money on avocado toast at brunch. And everyone like wrote back. You're like, yo, a mortgage is like six seven grand a month in New York. Like if if we were to buy in New York City, if you and I were to buy, mm-hmm. say we magically came up with twenty percent. That's not gonna happen. But say we magically came up with a twenty percent down payment to purchase an apartment in New York City with at least one bedroom. We're looking at a million dollars minimum. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know, you want a nicer apartment? You're, you're looking at a million and a half, two million dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's me coming up with four hundred thousand dollars, an entire house pay. <laughs> like, what, that's a mansion what, in like many parts of the country. Full house. Yeah. <laughs> in order to just now pay a seven to eight thousand dollar a month mortgage on top of homeowners association fees. I'm like, it's just I don't know how you think we're doing it. Like, I, I it doesn't make any sense and, and yeah, that whole argument's like well if you didn't spend eight i was like avocado avocado toast costs eight dollars and i get to forget i'm sad for <laughs> for five minutes also you can buy a bag of avocados at trader joe's for like three bucks exactly it. it's really not that expensive yeah i've never understood anyone complaining like well that's why you don't have a house it's because of the type of toast you eat <laughs> <It's> like, 
What? Yeah, clearly that monetarily aligns. I think every single one of us would happily never eat avocado toast again for the rest of our lives if you gave us a house. I feel like. Or, Fair or, trade. Or just could afford to buy a house. So I found the list. Yeah. So here are some of the things that millennials have killed. How hipster millennials are killing the Big Mac. Um, <laughs> Big Macs are horrible for you yeah we don't want to die it's like this crazy thing i know it's like like, oh we're killing the fast food industry it's like you're the ones who made all the documentaries telling me the fast food industry was gonna kill me yeah literally (laughs) yeah and here's another one how millennials are killing chains like buffalo wild wings and applebee's um (laughs) because how millennials are ruining the workforce Oh my god! Uh, how here's how millennials have are we ruining the, the are we ruining the workforce by not having jobs? Is yeah, that I'm so confused. Killing? Millennials are now ruining the Olympics. Oh good. Mo- millennials are killing the napkin industry. What are you even talking about? Who doesn't use napkins? <laughs> Is there a fan? I mean, we're not buying fancy linen napkins. Is that the industry they're talking about? I mean, about? like, use a paper towel. Why I saw, student loads? I saw one where they were like. Millennials are killing the top sheet. Like the top sheet on a sheet set. They're like, millennials don't use top sheets anymore. They just use a blanket. I use a top sheet. I use a top sheet. I was like, where are you buying sheets where the top sheet doesn't come with it? Yeah, you How can't like, buy them separately. How, are you? How, How do you know people aren't this? using them? Exactly. Where's you getting your research? Here's, uh, let's see. Millennials are killing lunch. What? How are we killing? I love lunch. I like, eat lunch every day. I- it's one of the three meals. I'm super confused. If you're, if they mean we're not spending hundreds of dollars on a fancy business lunch, yeah, we don't got money. But the taco stand down the street's doing real good. Like they're doing just fine. Millennials say the American dream is dead. They killed it. When? <laughs> We've been on this planet for only a short amount of time. Like how? When did we kill it? Oh, it was in. We killed it in 2008 when we bought all those houses we couldn't afford and then didn't pay for them. Oh, wait, no. That I was, was you guys. <laughs> I was 18 years old. I didn't have a house at that time. That's, that, that reminds me. Millennials have officially ruined brunch. What? There's nothing millennials love more than brunch. Yep. Here's your the one you were talking about earlier. Millennials are killing the golf industry. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. Millennials aren't eating cereal because it's too much work. Huh? I, these are I know that millennials are killing the movie business. How they don't millennials watch more movies than anyone else by like a lot. I watch movies all of the time. I know. Here's one. Millennials killed fashion. Oh, did we? That's cool. Mm-hmm. Will millennials kill home ownership? Question mark. Millennials are killing gyms. Oh, good. Mo- millennials wanderlust is killing the Canadian tourism industry. How millennials lack... <laughs> wait, wait. Canadian millennials, I guess? <laughs> like, I don't know. Whose wanderlust is killing Canadian tourism? Like, I don't get it. This is... Anyway, the list goes on and on. It's it's really hilarious. It's the biggest argument I get in with people. And every now and then, even on set, like, normally everyone on a fashion set is... Older than us. F- older than us. Fairly... But still, like, they think they're fairly, like progressive and liberal and whatnot and then you'll start talking to them and then you kind of realize that people are just crotchety old people sometimes and you're just kind of <laughs> like like i got another thing once where a photographer's like don't blame my generation for what's happening to you i was like i didn't even say that you jumped right to that i was like i was just saying that i can't buy a house 
because it cost $2 million. I thought that was straightforward. And he was just like, well, yeah, well, when I was your age, I bought an apartment in Manhattan. And he goes, I said, how much did you pay? He goes, it was was like $200,000. And I'm like, and that same apartment is a million two right now. I could have, I could scrape to get, I could figure out, I could work hard, save money, and get a down payment for a two hundred thousand dollar house. I'll fig, I'd figure that out in a couple of years. Tell me, I have to come up with four hundred thousand dollars for a down payment? Is just like, oh, so I'm just not gonna do that. Here's your rent, Mister Landlord. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing too. Is I get into this conversation with my family a lot because they're like, oh, well. Just leave New York. Like, go live somewhere else. I'm like, my job is is nowhere else. Like, yeah. my work is here. Like, yeah. I have to live here. It's absolutely... No. It, it It's the exact same thing. They're like, oh, why don't you move here? I'm like, and do what? They're like, oh, but it's so affordable. Yeah. But I'd come here, and I'd be a bartender. And that's... Be, why? Because even though I went to college for four years, the only other thing I'm qualified to do other than modeling and acting is be a bartender. It was the only job skill I ever fucking learned. It's the only job. And I still, like, hold on to it. I'm like, if this all goes, you know, ass up, at least I can always find a bar gig. I'll always find a... It's kind of like Anthony Bourdain said. There's always brunch. No one... No bartender. No one wants to work brunch. I can always get a brunch gig somewhere. Mm -hmm. I'll figure it out. That's true. Oh, it's... uh, Well, that's fun and depressing. Uh, Well, let's move on. So so what college did you go to? You said you go to an art school. You didn't say where. Uh, it's called Ringling School of Art and Design, and it's in Sarasota, Florida. Oh, awesome. Sarasota is on the Gulf side. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know Florida very well. You did so good. I just found out um, that Miami and Fort Lauderdale were basically the same place the after same going to Miami a million times. And then some, like, for, because I, I go to Miami fairly regularly for work, and then all of a sudden somebody sent like my flight and it said to fort lauderdale and i called my agent i was just like they're sending me to the wrong place uh i know this is miami they're sending me to fort lauderdale he's like it's 25 minutes away i was like it's like it's like manhattan and brooklyn yeah i was like oh oh okay (laughs) sorry oh i guess everything's fine (laughs) yeah i don't know florida at all and i i've heard of sarasota and I, i just found out where uh Boca Raton, that's on the, the ocean side, right? Or the, the Atlantic side? Yeah. I was like, there's oceans on both sides. I know, sides, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Pick an ocean. <laughs> You're like, um, awesome. So when did you move to New York City right after that? No. So I graduated in 2009 at the height of the economic collapse. <laughs> um, yeah, That's you, our whole generation. Yeah. Where were you when our economy collapsed? Yeah. So... Um, I went home for a year because I was I could do a summer job with, at the place my parents worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went home and I was like, okay, I'll work for the summer. I'll save money and then I'll move to New York. Ha. Ha. Um, that obviously didn't happen. I worked for the summer and then I was applying for jobs everywhere, was getting nothing because nobody was getting jobs. Um, so I ended up living at home for a year after I graduated. Yeah. And honestly, it was like the most depressing year of my life. Like I, I broke up with someone. I got dumped by someone I was dating for five years. Oof. I couldn't even get a job at a McDonald's because I was I had a college degree. They didn't want to hire me. So you're or, overqualified. Yeah. Yep. And then I was living in Florida. So whenever there's any kind of like economic issue, Florida gets hit really hard because it's a tourism state. Yeah. So obviously tourism is one of the first things to go. So it was really hard. Like I, my parents were frustrated with me because they thought that I was just being lazy 
and I was like you guys like we're in a recession like there's no jobs and I would show them and it was a hard year like and yeah it was depressing like it was definitely like a really low point in my life because I just felt helpless you know like I had worked so hard and I had done everything right up until that point you know it's like I worked hard in high school so I could get into the good college and I went to the good college and I worked hard and I graduated and then there's these circumstances that I couldn't control yeah so finally one day um I kind of just snapped and I sold everything I owned including my car and I moved to Los Angeles with six hundred dollars (laughs) <laughs> and I rented a couch in so I went to college with this girl and I she had a couch in her living room. I rented her couch oh. and I got a job the very next day as a maid in a hotel room. I actually don't tell anyone this of so the fact that I'm telling really? you this. You should feel really special. I do feel special. Um yeah, I got a maid I got a job as a maid in a hotel room. Jeez. And um I was honestly so happy. Like I was just so happy to have a job that I didn't even care. So yeah. I ended up cleaning rooms and it was like walking distance from where I was living at the time. And um, I was actually only in L.A. for about four months. And then Amazon called me and offered me a full time job um, as a photographer to build. They were launching a new brand, which was called My Habit, which was like a flash sale, uh-huh. kind of like a guilt group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so all of a sudden I went from like cleaning rooms to like being like corporately relocated to they moved me to Kentucky because that's where their studio was at the time they were building a studio from the ground up because the business didn't exist yet so I went from cleaning hotel rooms to like handling hundred thousand hundreds of thousand dollar budgets and shooting these like editorials and oh that's awesome um, it was kind of a dream like it was a miracle I have no idea how that happened do they still have a studio in Kentucky they do have a studio in Kentucky but the fashion studio is now in New York yeah yeah it's in Brooklyn I was gonna say it's like so I was in Kentucky for two years and Mm -hmm. then they moved me to New York because they were opening the studio here. And the plan was always to come to New York. Yeah. um, And thankfully, like my job at the time brought me here. So I ended up being with Amazon for almost six years. That's great. And I just went out on my own in October of 2016. Yeah. And I've been freelance since and it's been really awesome. <laughs> freelance is great it, 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 it's scary it is very scary last year was very hard <laughs> yeah no i mean that's the thing it gets really rough where you're just kind of like when you look at your schedule and it's like okay i have gigs this week i have gigs next week nothing <laughs> the rest of my year is empty yeah and it's kind of like you just kinda, you keep working hard and you keep doing your best thing and you just kind of hope that phone calls happen again and but like it's never I tell like my my wife and my followers and my friends all the time I'm like the phone could stop ringing at any time and I have no recourse people can literally just go yeah we don't really like Zach anymore and that'll be it and yeah. I, it's kind of like I'm just stuck it so I, you know you try to do your own projects and do your own things and do especially as a photographer like I know you shoot your own stuff to keep you know expanding your 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 art but it's kind of like, you know, you always have that little worry about, is this going to, do I get another phone call next week or something? Always. Yeah. And even like, but that's always what it's been for just, I think, the creative field in general. I mean, it works for everybody. It works for photographers. It works for models. It works for actors, musicians, comedians. Yeah, they'll be doing really good. And like the best advice I ever got was they're like, just strike as hard as you can while the iron's hot. Cause it'll get cold and you just got to keep, they're like, take 
every job offered to you. Just keep trucking along. As long as you don't feel like your morals are being compromised, take every job you can. Take every every dime of money you can because you have no idea if it'll keep happening or not. Yeah. I mean, I know so many. How many models and photographers do you know right now that are realtors? Yeah. Like, like yeah. way more than yeah. I want to, that than is comfortable because it just and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's they were doing really great work and they were, you know, living the life and now they're all doing stuff like realty or something like that just because, you know, they did what they did. They struck while the iron was hot. They made a good living off of it, but all good things come to an end. Well, not all good things. A lot of them do. We're, you and I are hoping they don't come to it. We're not coming to an end. I know. We're not. We're, we're going on forever. But, you know, I also believe that, like, I've always kind of subscribed to the idea of, like, you have to be too good to ignore. Yeah. You know? And so I, it's yeah. like as no, long as totally. you keep working hard. At least this is what I tell myself. <laughs> no, it's true. As long as, like, you work hard and as long as you create work from an authentic place, um. I just think that everything will follow suit. You know, yeah. it's like I really believe that everything that you put out is what you will get back. So totally, you know, I think the thing that I see a lot is that people get, you know, when they're at the kind of peak of their careers, they f- start to feel kind of entitled. Yeah. You know? And it's oh, like, yeah, no, you know, oh, you no can't. one could replace me or I don't have to put in that extra little bit because I have already gotten here. And it's just like the smell of. The mats on the rail of the bar is too fresh in my mind to ever be like yeah. entitled. Because I'm, I'm, I'm always like, I'm never more than two months away from applying for a bar job again. Yeah. Like it just, you know, and, and it's important to remember that and stay humble. But it's like you said, it's important to to be, be, I like that you said be too good to ignore. Because like that's how you stay on top in this industry is you just have to be better than everybody else. And I know for me personally, when I first started modeling, um, when I when I got signed by IMG, there was no other guy my size doing no, it at this level. One. I was I the only one doing it. So I, I it was scary at first. There wasn't a lot of work. But when it caught on, I started working a lot and everything is good. Um, and I never got complacent or anything. I was always a hard worker. But now um, that... I guess me and a couple others proved the theory that people will buy clothes from us. Um, now at IMG, we've signed three more guys. Uh, Wilhelmina just opened up a whole uh, big and tall men's board. They wow. just started and it was kind of like, so now my constant thing is I was like, okay, now there's more guys. How, what do I do every day to make sure I'm better than these guys? Mm-hmm. So what do I do to make sure that I, that I'm doing it better than they are? Yeah. And it's something you gotta kind of keep going. And I think that's what I like about being freelance is that it kind of, it keeps you very sharp because you have to be sharp. Otherwise they're not going to hire you. Yeah. And it, it keeps us at a, at a, doing better things than I would have taking risks that I wouldn't have taken in the past. Take, you know, doing jobs I'm maybe not comfortable with, but if it's because of my own insecurities and I'm moving past them in order to do better than these new guys. So, yeah, trust me. I think about that all the time. You know, it's like photographers, especially it's like a constant rotation. Cause yeah. you, know, you never want things to like look the same, like businesses, for example, they don't want all their shoots to look exactly the same. You exactly. Know? So same with me, like clients could yeah. love me there. I've had clients in the past that I shot every shoot they did. I was there for everything. But then you were and on then everything. And then all of a sudden one day, nothing. 
Like some of my biggest clients all of a sudden just stop calling and it's just, and, but it's exactly as you said, it's because my face is now too over all their stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and I totally understand it's a business. In a year they'll call back. Yeah. They just have to like re, you know, I just have to sit and wait (laughs) to go through the year. I know. know. Because there's no job security in it. You just go like, oh, you know, now now I'm not getting the job because I did too good a job for them. <laughs> they liked it too much. And now. Yeah. Oh. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just the thing. It's like your face becomes too prominent and they yeah. have to like, you know. No. It's totally I've definitely been on those conversations. So I feel kind of guilty. Oh. <laughs> no, no, exactly. No, there's nothing to feel guilty about because uh, uh, whether we like it or not. The majority of art is still a business, and yeah. it's kind of like a, okay, it's all a business. It's like we love making this beautiful, these doing these beautiful shoots. We love the clothing and all of this, but this is also we can sell this, and yeah. we need to make sure that we keep selling this, and we need to make sure our customer isn't fatigued by seeing the same style photography, by seeing the same model. Yeah. But so exactly, and that's what I try. Like whenever I talk to young photographers about like the fashion industry, yeah. Um, they have all these like romanticized ideas about oh, yeah. what this is. And I'm like, you guys need to understand that fashion is the business of selling clothes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all that it is. And yes, there are phenomenal creatives that have made work that will surpass time. Yeah. Like there, there are fashion designers and artists and photographers who have done things that are monumental, but all of it is about selling clothes. And some yeah. of it is, really like beautiful and that's amazing but it's about selling clothes <laughs> at and the about, end of the day I, I i i sharpened my teeth on selling eight dollar t-shirts like that was the, yeah still to this day the majority of what i model is like 15 bucks yeah. and and but my i can turn over a million of them and that's why yeah <laughs> they let me to keep doing it yeah uh now um so you're working in amazon did you always when did you start did Amazon ever do what? Did, when did Amazon start using plus models and whatnot? Well, so the first, actually, the way I got into focusing on plus, yeah, um, when I was still with my habit, they announced that they were going to be launching what they were calling the real brand, which was the plus size brand, and I was. It was called the real brand. It was well, no, it was oh. called uh, real by my habit. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, and. I was seated. I was seated around a table, and at this point, I was like twenty three years old. And as we had, as you and I kind of touched on earlier, yeah. everyone around the table was twice Way my older. age, much more experienced. Um, and I remember sitting around the table, and you know, nobody had any experience with plus size. This was eight years ago, yeah, and it was a very different landscape then mm-hmm. than it is now. Um, and the, the I remember the producer saying. Oh, well, we can just book straight size models and pin the clothes to fit the models. And I, exactly. I wish everyone listening could see the face you just made. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, like, I've had that exact same conversation with people. Yeah. We'll just make it looser on them. Like, I don't know. You, it's like, fuck that, you. You guys like, are trash. Yeah, that's fucking First trash. time I walked into a studio and I saw a drawers and drawers of fake butts boobs and hips i was just like why don't you just hire someone who has all that stuff stuff. great it makes sense it's it's yeah it is what it is i don't know and it's not is what it is we're changing it and luckily it's people have been calling it out and being like no 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 i i call i like whenever my clients tries to use padding on set i'm like no yeah no we're not doing that yeah but it was funny because back when i was at that table and they were like we should do this I literally, it was like something out of a movie where I was like, no, 
And like everyone kind of like turned and looked at me in slow motion. And I was like, oh God, like I didn't mean to like have that outburst. And I was like, okay, you can either shut up and not just like be like, oh, sorry, guy, you know, or you can explain why like you had such an impassioned response. So I was like sitting there and I was like, listen, you guys, a plus size customer cannot gauge how something is going to fit them, how -hmm. it's going to fall in their body. If you're pinning it on a straight size model, I'm like, you're insulting that customer by doing that. And the clothes aren't going to sell. Yeah. And I kind of expected them to be like, all right, kid, like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. But they didn't. Like, they listened to me. And they listened to me because I was a plus size woman. Yeah. Because I, unlike them, I, that was my reality. You know, I had, I had a perspective that they just couldn't because they were not part of that group of people. Yeah. And it was such, I mean, and for, they have such an old school mentality Absolutely. in the fashion industry. People don't realize that there's been a lot of huge steps uh, with size inclusion and diversity inclusion, but like it is it's, still very Those waters regressive. run deep. Yeah. Those waters run very deep. And even, you know, we, we should absolutely celebrate the progress that has been made, but even that there's so much work to do yeah. because it's like. With fashion editors, for example, like really, like high-end fashion editors, they've been subscribing to this idea of thinness, not only in the work mm-hmm. they do, but personally. Yeah. Their entire lives. It's their of, philosophy. Yes. Yeah. It's so deeply ingrained in who they are and, you know, the things they've done to their own bodies to maintain that. that yeah. It's, it's only going to go so far, I think, for a while. because And they don't want to believe that that there could be another way of thinking because then they were wrong for all the stuff that they've done, not just in the industry, but exactly said to themselves. I think that's even more self-aware than a lot of people are. I, I think that it's just like, okay, we're doing this because it's popular right now, but you know, once it's not popular anymore, we're going to return back to the way things should be. Like, I really get I that. Know. No, I get it. I totally agree with you. There's definitely some, even with a lot of the, you know, cause I work in the men's world, obviously, but even with them, there's a lot of things where, I still have a lot of clients where you could tell in their heart. I'm like, they think this is still a phase and they yep. want to appease the phase, yep. but they're keeping their straight size guys on staff and on photos. They're not eliminating them. They're still there. And like there's ones particular, again, not going to name names, but there are uh, a large, b- large, big and tall brands who I, Ooh, oh, that? I don't know if that came through. <laughs> the recording but that was weird it's somebody's birthday what's oh my god this is beautiful it's really bad (laughs) (laughs) hold on i don't know how to get rid of this okay cool (laughs) that was uh my my computer just let us know that it was um sean lounsbury who was a man i went to college with and he's a brilliant actor happy birthday sean lounsbury i don't know why my computer told me (laughs) it was your birthday Cool. Hope uh, you're having a great birthday, Sean. Hope you're having a good time. But no, it, it's even the like the bigger, big and tall brands that I work with, um, they will have thing. They will have third party vendors, so they make their own clothing, but then they will stock the national favorites. And I am not allowed to model the national favorites because of my size. They still use straight size models for those because those national brands don't want big old me wearing them and it's very interesting but it gets me mad about it i'm like but this is a big you're you're selling these clothes to me why can't i wear them i'm the i'm literally your customer and 
I, as far as your customer goes at being in a big and tall store, I'm your smallest customer, yep. even at the size I yep. am. The guys shopping at your store are larger than I am. You know, you make a valid point, and it's something that, that I don't think enough people realize. Plus size models are aspirational. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's Absolutely. Like you, you know, you guys are still what much larger people aspire to. So it's like, yeah, it, it's just interesting. It's so funny to me. I yeah. was having a conversation um the other day where we were talking about how we've gotten to the point where for some reason society has become comfortable um, when it comes to like say women sizing society as a whole there's still tons of trolls and pieces of shit out there but as a whole it's like society's become more comfortable with like the uh, 10 to maybe even 18 range but there's still yep. a huge stigma anything yep. past that same with men they'll go up from everyone's you know, you don't have to have a 28 inch waist anymore. Now they're comfortable with like up to four to 38, 40, but still beyond that is no, no, no. You need to, you know, what's kind of like crazy is like even a lot of my, you know, a lot of my girlfriends are models Yeah, and I have a lot of girlfriends who do like clothing collaborations and they're like, it's size inclusive. Doesn't and fit it's me. Not, I know. Doesn't fit me. I know. It I stops, know. I'm a 22, 24 and it stops at a 20 and it's just yeah. like, you know, it, it, it's it's tough. <laughs> I was talking to some uh, uh, a big and tall designer that I know, and they were talking about how hard it was. It's it's systematic down to uh, on every single level of fashion. How hard it was to get samples mm-hmm. made at a bigger size. Like even for men, they were like they're like the, the they said the factories couldn't believe what they were asking for, and they were like, no, we need to see we need to see the samples. And like they're like, oh, you, people actually buy clothes this big, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yes, they do. And we need, we need to make sure they fit correctly. <laughs> we need to we need to see what it will look like. But it's like, for a long time, the the large, you know, it, for for a long time or even longer, it was if you were above a twelve, or if you were, you know, above a thirty six in men's, you weren't getting shit. Now at least. It has it's a it's the step in the right direction, but we are nowhere close to where it needs to go. Yes. And I was even having conversations <laughs> of like, you know, my future aspirations. And I was talking to a lot of my big and tall friends and I was like, what do you consider size inclusive? What is what cap? What what size range are you thinking? And no one I, two two customers I know go up to that center. They're like, you know. I had friends being like, you need to push to at least a 60 in men's and if not higher. And it's like, and I asked them and it's like, do you think, you know, if I, if I, if I stop at say, you know, a 52 and they're like, then you're still alienating a huge group of people that would totally buy the clothes. And I don't know. It's, it's a problem we need to work on, but it needs to go back to the very beginning. You need to prove sales is the, is really what happens. And you have brands like Asus, who sell out of their five and six X shirts for guys way before they sell out of anything else. Yeah. And it's like, well, because that's another thing. And when I was explaining, like I have a lot, I work with a lot of brands who are just starting to extend their sizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, after the first year, they're like, Oh, well it hasn't been profitable. And I'm like, it's been a year. I'm like, you have to understand the psychology of plus size. Yeah. People. Like there are stores that I don't even go into. Oh because yeah. Because I know that they don't carry my size. I'm like, you need to, give people time to know that you're carrying this because yeah. you know like I would never go into an a, a Ann Taylor loft 
why never. the clothes didn't fit me. Now they make extended sizes, which is great. But it's just, I would never even think about that. So I don't go into Zara. Why? Yeah. No, I've never been you know to Zara saying? or never. anything like that. Never. I don't, I don't, it, it's, yeah. Uh, you need to tell people that it exists. And, it and takes, then you also yeah. got to give time for the wounds to heal. Because, yep. yeah, you might have extended sizes now, but you don't know that I cried in your dressing room exactly. trying to make your stretch pants You've fit. Been you yeah. have been alienating us. For decades, and yeah. now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you want to extend. It's like it is. It's- I can't wait till we're off mic and you and I start naming names because I, <laughs> I feel like you and I are about, like implying things so much. I'm just like, oh, I want to know who you're talking about. <laughs> wait, I do really want to finish telling you that no, story no, yes, about, please do. about my habit because actually Amazon has done some really great things that I'm really proud of. No, yeah. Speaking of naming names. Um, but after that conversation, I, I when I like called it out and I was like, we can't do this. Yeah. I thought everyone was going to be like, okay, kid, shut up. But they didn't. They were like, oh, tell us more. And my boss at the time, like we had, we all talked about it and he looked at me and he was like, okay, you're going to handle all the editorial for this. You're going to handle all of the casting. You're going to handle shooting all of the product. Like this is now your project. And I was like, oh God, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) I was 23. It's like, this was my first like, you know, this was a big, it was a launch. A it was a brand thing. launch. Yeah, it was a brand massive. launch is huge. Yeah. And um, it kind of like, it was the first time like in my professional life where I kind of understood that my own experience could shape the work that I was doing. Not yeah. only could it shape the work that I was doing, but it should. Yes. Absolutely. You know, and it's interesting because like we were talking about fashion, right? And how like old these beauty standards are. Going through art school, once I realized that fashion was what I wanted, excuse me. I kind of understood that if I wanted to shoot fashion, I had to shoot a specific type of person. Yes. You know, read 5'11 and up, read size zero. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I didn't even question it. I was like, well, no, that's fashion. That's what I have to shoot. Yeah. And I was totally fine with it. I had no issues, even though I was not that woman. Because it was was the job. Yeah. Yeah. I have never been that woman. And beyond it being the job, I wanted to be a part of that world. Yeah. You know, it was Uh so... It was such a far reach from my own reality that I just wanted it. And that that instance, that project was the first time where I was like, wait a minute, like who's speaking up for me at these meetings? Me, the customer, like me, the woman, you know? And I just kind of started to realize like that I had a responsibility. You know, I had a responsibility to have those conversations, to create that work to be conscious about who I was photographing because growing up media was super destructive to me, you know, like I've hated my body for most of my life. And I realized that I was just doing more of the same and for what, you know, to, to make more little girls think the way that I had thought, I don't want that for anybody, No, you know? Absolutely. And so I just, you know, I am so thankful that I got to, work with that company and have that experience and um it it was totally life-changing in terms of like yeah. you know and from that moment on i was like okay you know that's this is what i'm doing this is it we hired tara lynn <laughs> i love I was, <laughs> tara so much i'm obsessed with her i that vogue that uh vogue Italia story bill Vare, yeah that story changed like that was such a she's unreal she's totally unreal her i mean i was, we were talking about makita earlier who yeah. i'm obsessed with but you know, from then on, I was like, okay, I need to be really conscious about who I'm photographing and I need to do this with intention. And yeah. I haven't looked back and it's been eight years 
and I'm just so happy <laughs> that oh. happened because and we're happy that you're doing it too because Thank it's you. been really incredible. Um, that actually segues perfectly into um, how did you get hooked up with Straight Curve, the film? I've been asked that question a few times and I never really know how to answer it. I think <laughs> um, I they were I, I first met them because um, well, first of all, because I I was the one shooting a lot of these women at. at we, they started shooting Straight Curve like four years ago, three or four years ago. Uh-huh. And even then, like there weren't really a lot of people shooting it. There were a no. handful of photographers yeah. and even smaller group that were doing it like commercially and not just like beautiful editorial. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? And so it started where like I would be shooting editorials of some of the models they were following. And then it was like, wait, I'm shooting. Um, like So they were filming a lot of my shoots because yeah. they were filming the girls and the girls were on my shoots. And then they were actually here in my house. Um, I was sitting where you are. Okay, good. Um, it's a good <laughs> seat, we everybody. Filming, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were filming Philomena, and uh, Philomena and I started talking. I think she's one of the most beautiful women oh in the world. God. I think Philomena is unreal. Way, yeah. In every way. Why are you the most well-spoken, yes. intelligent, like profound human? I Absolutely. The love I have for Philomena runs so deep. I like borderline. I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. Um, I'm not sorry. Philomena, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I think, you know, the the director, Jenny McQuill, was like listening to our conversation and she sent me an email the following, maybe like a couple days later and was just like, listen, I want to talk to you about being more involved with this project. I realize, you know, how much your story is a part of this movement. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just kind of went on from there. You know, <clears throat> at the time, as I said, there were really only a couple people shooting plus size models because many photographers did not want to, sh- would refuse to shoot plus size models because they yep. did not want to be associated with that. That was not their aesthetic. I've run in the same problem in the men's category. I, you, you can tell when I get, I, I've gotten on set many times and been like, this photographer's pissed that I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I've had so many conversations because I, I I basically seize any opportunity I have to call out my peers. It's like a game for me at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I can't tell you how many times they're like, well, that's just not my aesthetic. What does that even mean? That's not your aesthetic. Yeah. Or like, well, and I'll be like, well, the color blue is not your aesthetic. Yeah. (laughs) This per this living, breathing person. And that's what they say. And they feel completely comfortable saying that. Yeah. You know, and there's even a lot of photographers now and it's kind of frustrating because there's photographers shooting big projects now, like diverse diversity projects that would have never touched it even yeah. three years ago, two years ago. Never. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, you know, I, I never I didn't like stray away from it. I leaned into it because it's who I am. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a fat woman like I. I don't know. I just want better. I want better yeah. for people. I want I want I'm the same. I want people to have I want younger kids to have some role models even any like it won't be everyone because it's going to be a long battle before most of the entertainment and media industry subscribe to the idea of inclusion but i know i grew up having nobody and like if there was somebody my size who was considered aspirational in any way I, I know that I would have had a completely different if, if I would say if John Goodman was on the cover of People magazine as the sexiest man alive and it wasn't a joke. It yeah. was like, no, legit. John Goodman's the best. Yeah, that would have changed the way I think about myself. Yeah. But I used to tell people 
They're like, oh, do you ever think about, so did you always want to be a model? And I was like, absolutely not. I didn't I even like, know that was a possibility. I, didn't know, <laughs> I couldn't be a model any more than I could be a major league pitcher. It just, I didn't think I had the skill set. I couldn't yeah. be a model any more than I could be a fucking astronaut. <laughs> But because it just you would wasn't be an awesome astronaut. I, I don't think I'd fit in any, <laughs> <laughs> those are those are very I've I've been to the Intrepid Air and Space Museum. They're very they're small. Tiny. Yeah, you can't get in those. Those things. stairs, they're tiny. I know. And then not only that, you also see they have um like they have like some of the 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 orbiters and like what they had to sit in as they were returning yeah. back to Earth. I was like, I don't fit. I don't yeah. this guy had to be five two. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Oh my god! I used to look up to like I was used to be obsessed with like Queen Latifah. Oh, I love and Missy yeah. Elliott because they were curvier women, you know, yeah. and they were successful and they were sexy and they were like making powerful music and film and yeah, um, like and that was pretty much it. You know, there no. were no, there were very few like my my family is Hispanic, we're Puerto Rican. Yeah, there were there was a Puerto Rican, Jennifer Lopez. And I, I related to her in that respect, but I didn't look like that. You know, the women in my family don't look like that. No, I know. So it was, it was very limited. Yeah. I mean, I, I did the same thing. I'm only realizing now I'm kind of like retroactively picking role models from my childhood. Like people that were not role models to me. Well, they, cause I liked them, but they weren't aspirational. Right. But now it's like, as an adult, I'm like, no, those people, those were men of size who were fucking awesome. Yeah. That really showed the world what they were worth. People like John Goodman. People, I just watched the documentary on Andre the Giant, and I fucking yes. loved him growing up. I know. And it's just like, no, these are people that my like that did do so much in the world, despite their size. And it's just like, I'm 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 slowly learning to honor them, yeah, like absolutely. because they were fucking amazing. And I just want, I hope through you know some of this work that we're doing that at least someone my i always think i'm like people can at least open up a magazine now and see somebody sometimes not all the times but every now and then they do see someone that they feel represents them in the straight curve that that was the first project where they they said what do you find beautiful and all the you know the kids flip through it and they show what they find is beautiful and then they said now if you find something that represents you that you see yourself in, please hold up the magazine. And, you know, nine-tenths of the kids just, like, they just didn't sat pick, there. Yeah, they, they were like, there's nothing them. in there that yeah. I relate to. The Yeah, that, that opening scene in the movie is really telling. I mean, Jenny is a genius. Yeah. Like, she did a fantastic job. But that that's heartbreaking, and it's true. You know what I mean? Like, you don't. You don't see it. And the part where... The little the girl was like, you just don't see people like me walking down a runway. Oh, I was like, I know. oh god. <laughs> I know it hurts, and it's like you don't want to, because of what the, the, it tells you're you're telling those kids that they're not beautiful, they're not valid, they're yeah. not desirable, and this it's, is what people don't understand. Like children, you know, especially like like uh, ch- kids in middle school and high school, you know, yeah. they're looking to media to kind of understand the world. Yeah. They're trying to understand like culturally how do we operate? What's normal? And they're oh that water is dripping on the AC. Yeah, it's fine. They're trying to understand like what's normal and then they're trying to understand where do I place into what's normal. Yeah. So when you have media that they don't see themselves in, they end up drawing the conclusion that like I'm not worthy of being represented. Therefore, yep. I am not normal. I am mm-hmm. not worthy of our culture. And yep. that's a really dangerous idea. 
You know what I mean? And it's why we have such large spread eating disorders and it's why people hate themselves. And for what? You know, yeah. like to sell products. That's, that's the thing. Exactly. These what it people is. hate themselves. If you hate yourself, you'll so, keep spending money. Yes. Yes. Because you're spending money on beauty brands. You're spending money on weight loss brands. You're spending money on at Weight Watchers. You're spending yeah. money. I have a huge issue with 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 diet companies. That's my biggest. Yeah villains and i think nothing is more offensive to me so i recently um uh dj khaled did a big thing with dxl promoting big guys clothings and then immediately took a sponsorship from weight watchers wow and i was so infuriated yeah. with that and I'm like, you were just part of this guy about you're just part of this campaign about being you that you could still be big and stylish and all that. And immediately you're taking an endorsement from Weight Watchers. Now, from an individual standpoint, your weight loss journey is your thing. Absolutely. And I am totally fine with that. And I don't think anyone should judge anybody for whether they want to lose weight, gain weight or anything. That is I their agree. own thing for their own reasons. But. If you're trying to be this role model to people and then immediately you tell them, no, I'm actually, this isn't good enough. Uh, I'm going to join Weight Watchers. All of you should join Weight Watchers too so we can all lose weight together. Yeah. And it's just like. It's just a contradiction. It, it's, and I'll it's never, ever take an endorsement from any sort of weight loss company uh, because no. it, it, it agreed i was so fucked up by them growing up i was on weight watchers i did the atkins in the south beach i took a lot of diet pills i was on like Same. hydroxy cut and hydroxy cut i was on hydroxy cut when i was 15 yeah no exactly yeah. And I, yeah, because I could buy because for some reason I couldn't get cold medicine, but I could buy a weight loss drug at, uh, as a teenager yep. with no issues over the counter yep. and just <laughs> screw up my my GI tract for the rest of my life because I took uh, like so many of that stuff. Yep. And it's I think it's it's I think they're the I think they're the most evil corporations because i do not think they're trying to help people and they try to they like they try to do this i'm like oh we're trying to help you lose weight we're trying to live help you live your best life for one you're telling me that i cannot live a good life at my size and which is which is interesting apparently the only way i can live a, a great life is if i'm a marathon runner and i fucking hate running and i'm not gonna do I it i'm not good at running <laughs> i hate it i always have yeah and it's like it's it's just valuing people it, 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 it's just asserting that your value comes from your size and i it 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 it, it almost ruined me as a kid like it really yeah i was the only reason i still don't think that way is because i was stupid lucky to find myself in this career yeah and that's how i had my own journey and and realize how pervasive this stuff was it's destructive yeah. Oh. It it I know it really is. And I think that's the thing um like going back to your comment about when people lose weight and stuff like that. If you want to lose weight, that's amazing. Do it. Yeah. Do what feels great for you. But what gets frustrating is the amount of people who are like, "I love my body and I'm happy at my size." And then they're like, "Just kidding." You know, and I I find I that a lot. I find yeah. that a lot like even with what I see that with models I see that with celebrities like it, it's, it's so yeah. and it almost negates everything that you said prior I know I know and it's tough and I like I know for me if I ever go through like a weight loss thing I feel like I need to be like open and honest with my people like and just tell them flat out because have I considered losing weight 
Yes. And I've considered losing weight strictly from a business standpoint, not because I feel like I need to, not because anything like that, but because uh, like, I feel like it would be so much better if these people who are so happy with their body and they lose weight and then they, they just told their fans like, listen, like for me, I'm like, I wear like a 40, 42. There's a, a ton of brands I cannot work with that have told me flat out if I get down to a 38, I can work with them. I haven't done it yet, but maybe one day I will because I want to bridge that gap. My hope is that they stop being stupid and extend their size range. Right. But but you never know. It's 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 weight loss is a very personal thing. It's incredibly personal. But I agree with you. Like just don't be fraudulent about it because there's people who look up to you. There's people that you told were okay the way they were and then when they see you lose a bunch of weight they don't feel like they were okay anymore yep i yeah it's like it's this idea of like just letting people exist in whichever way they want to but the problem is is that you know the history of accepting this is so recent (laughs) you know what i mean that yeah that any one person because it hasn't been around for very long you know it just it can undo a lot yeah do a lot yeah and it's you know, that's the thing I tell people, too, is, you know, let's definitely celebrate the progress that's been made. We should, yeah. you know, but if you think the last two years are going to change fashion forever, you're wrong. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a consistent battle and it's going to take a decade or more. And you're going to have people mm-hmm. being like, oh, well, we did that last year. Do we have to still do it this year? I thought we finished. Like, Yeah, absolutely. And you're just like, no, you didn't finish. Yeah. There's still words. Big people still want to buy clothes from you. Still, like yeah. they still exist. You know, I one of the most fascinating things that I learned while working on the straight curve film was that sixty seven percent of all women are a size fourteen and above. Yeah. Sixty seven percent. It's like okay guys, like this is just about like it, even if you don't give a rat's ass about this customer this is your bottom line yeah make money it's a multi-billion dollar industry yeah oh that's the argument that i always say that it doesn't make sense i'm like listen i understand your principles and i understand this and you don't want to and you think you'll promote obesity which is fucking hilarious that is the most toxic (laughs) worst statement i fucking hate that statement yeah I'm promoting obesity by telling people that they are okay. And also the term promoting obesity, you're still saying that obesity is bad. Yeah. I was going like, to say, you're you still know, contradicting. Yeah. Like it's fucking, oh, I hate, I'm like, I'm not promoting obesity. I'm not promoting anything. I'm promoting people loving themselves and not having to yeah. wait to love or, themselves. My favorite thing is when people are like, you know, it's, I'm just worried about your health. And it's like, Fuck. you know oh. what is, is it is, oh, is, okay. Is health now what we're aspiring to? Because you know what? Some people will never be healthy. Some people have chronic illnesses and diseases. And they'll just and, be there. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that they are any less worthy or they that they should love yeah. themselves any less because they're not quote unquote healthy. Like, it's all just so backhanded. You know, oh. it's such bullshit. It, it, it's, it's, ugh, I really, and they try to equate any health problems to weight. And weight can contribute to some health problems. Yes, it can. No one's denying that, but it's not the fucking cure-all. It's that, also just, you, you know, my health is just not your damn business. Ever. My health <laughs> is never your business. Yeah. My health is between me and my doctor and maybe my loved one. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, yeah. it's not. Uh, my health doesn't affect your life in any way, shape, or form. And you trying to play concerned citizen, just coming like, 
I'm just worried. I'm just, you know. You're not worried. You're just hateful. You're not it's worried. Fine. You're just being a dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's funny. That's though. why I'm going to, it makes me want to be like, I'm going to stop every single person I see with, uh, no, I, I do drink alcohol, but like any person I see drinking alcohol and just be like, I'm just really worried about your health. You know, this corrodes your liver yeah. and you know, this. like, why would you be doing this to yourself? You're pouring yeah. poison into your body. Yeah. You're killing your brain cells for a buzz. Yeah. I'm really worried about your health. No, I'm but concerned. that, but that'd be a dick thing to do to walk into a bar and tell every single person they're not being healthy. Yeah. But, but apparently if you have, you know, a little bit of extra weight on you and you eat a taco, it's totally cool to tell that person they're killing themselves. And right. it's like, it's funny because when I go to my doctor, my doctor, like, and not just my doctor, any doctor, like for anything ever. And they check your blood pressure. They're always like, when the number comes up, they're always like, Oh, you have perfect blood pressure. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Why wouldn't I? I'm, I'm a young, active woman. Like, why wouldn't I have good blood pressure? Yeah, and it's, it's just like the surprise. And it, it makes me laugh every time because I can count on it every time for I them to be like. Oh, there was a, uh, I follow this. I can't remember. There's like either push button poetry or just button poetry. It's this thing on, it's a poetry video thing on Facebook. And there's this large poet and she's talking about the poem goes, the joke goes, you know, a guy walks into a doctor's office and says, doctor, it hurts when I move my arm like this. And he says, so don't move your arm like that. Then a fat girl walks into the doctor's office and says, doctor, it hurts when I move my arm like this. And he says, have you considered weight loss surgery? <laughs> and it's true. It's, I actually like, had weight loss surgery. Really? I had weight loss surgery when I was 19 years old. Oh. And I had, removed, I had it reversed in 2016. Good. After having it for nearly a decade. Jeez. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, again, that's and you know, well, no, it's perverse because I at that like I was much smaller than I am now. Yeah, and I was nineteen. And I know that's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the only reason I groaned before. Again, I'm always just like people's weight loss journeys are theirs, but the fact that you said you were nineteen, I was just like, well, oh, this, little little one, you you don't what know what were you doing? And I but know. the thing that's fucked up is how willing the doctor was. Oh, he yeah. was like, oh, yeah, this is preventative. This surgery is preventative. And it's just like... By taking away half of your organ. <laughs> thank God I didn't do that. I did the lap band, so okay, it could good. be removed. I didn't do anything permanent because you can't reverse a gastric bypass. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not shaming gastric bypass. No, no, no. I know people who have... There's people who want it and there's people who need it. And again, your body is your, your fucking choice. business and no one else's. But me doing a, a weight loss procedure at 19 years old was insane. And you know what? It was horrible. It yeah. was horrible. I was sick all the time. I was always in pain. Like it would make me vomit constantly. I would like literally I would be in a business meeting or doing something like this. And if there was any kind of food involved, I would have to excuse myself to go vomit. Ugh. You know how it is to be on set. I would have to leave yeah. set mid shoot to go puke. Oh, Jesus. And it's just like it was awful. I was always in pain. I actually wrote an article about it for Huffington Post. I'll send it to you. Yes, please do. But. What was I thinking at 19 years old? And, you know, like now my mom is a nurse and my mom um, obviously has been with me through this whole journey. And she, at 19, you know, she was like, yeah, we should do this. This will be good for you. You know, it'll yeah. make you thin. And now she's just like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry that I encouraged you to do that. And I'm like, mom, I did it. Like, yeah. I, I wanted to do it, you know. And it's just, you know, we both look back at it now and we're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. At 19 years old, what were you doing? Yeah. And it just, 
you know, I, I did it because I hated myself. No, exactly. <laughs> because I was young and because I didn't think I was normal and I didn't think that I was beautiful and I didn't think I could be beautiful and fat. And Jesus. again, I was smaller than I am now, you yeah. know, and it's just, it's crazy. It was crazy. Having it reversed was the best thing I ever did for myself. Good. But well, I still am huge, just... I mean, it also takes a lot of guts to go in... For one, not just to have done, but to have it reversed and realize, like, this is, I need to go on living my life yeah. correctly. Yeah. Not and cor- it's, you know. it's been interesting because I have gained weight since I've had it removed. Um, but it's just, like, that was so destructive for me. That was just, the, that was, bleh. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. No. I mean, I mean it, it's, it, it, it speaks to how deeply ingrained self-hate can be because of things like the imagery we see in in fashion and film and whatnot because you you just grow to learn that because i did the same thing i I look at pictures of myself in high school now i was way skinnier than i was now i was still a bigger guy but i was i was skinnier than i was now and i just i look back at it and i was like i hated everything about my body back then i hated everything everything about it and me objectively looking now, I was skinny as shit. I didn't have a six pack, sure, but like I, you know, yeah, I was also, you know, eating hydroxy cut like candy at the time, so <laughs> that that could have something to do with it. But yeah. it's like it's 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 crazy. But I was like, you see this person who looks so in my now view like fit and whatnot, and I was just like, I I I thought I was the grossest human being in the world because yeah. I didn't look like. The guys in the magazines, the guys on TV, the yeah. superhero movies, and like. And the thing is, is that e- like other, even if you are like a thin person, you know what I mean. Like for example, I have a I had a friend, and he was telling me that, and he's a bigger guy. He's like six four, and yeah, he's not. He's he's a big guy. He's a bigger guy, he, and even then, he's still like an average sized man in my opinion. Yeah. But his his daughter at the time, she was like I think she was like five or six. She was like, Dad, you're fat. And he was like, what? <laughs> like, what? And it actually, like, really hurt his feelings. And he yeah. was like, "Like, oh, my God, my kid thinks I'm fat. Like, I must be fat. And I was just like, but did you talk to her about why that word's not a weapon? I'm like, yeah. but did you explain? Did you, but did you stop and dissect that? I'm like, I because know. she's only five. And, and this is the time to educate entirely. The kid will never say shit like that again if you tell them why. Yeah, and also if you say, you know... My thing is when people are like, you're fat. And it's like, oh, no, you're not. No, Or if I'm like, I'm fat. People will be like, oh, no, you're not fat. You're beautiful. No, I am fat and I am beautiful. Yeah. The two are not, you know what I'm They're saying? They're not exclusive. No. Exactly. No, yeah. it's I, I, I'm a big guy. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a heavy guy and I have no problem talking about it. Yeah. But when people are like, you're really not that big. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> um, or I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I'm like, for one. Yeah, I'm I'm two of you, so I don't know what you're talking about. We don't have to pretend I'm not a big guy. Like this is it's yeah, and and I know people who do that are coming from a good place. They're they trying are. to be supportive. They're trying to be, but it's they're still reaffirming the fact that big size is that big is bad. And, yeah, and and you know, I don't think it is. <laughs> Sorry, I just don't. <laughs> like uh. I don't think it is either good <laughs> we're on the same yeah. page <laughs> and we're, we're we're heading i think things are heading in the right direction but i feel like if 
people like you and me and other models and photographers let up for a second, they'll happily revert back to I the agree. way they were. And it's just about just keep pushing them and be like, nope, you can't do this. This isn't okay. Yeah, and it, it takes time. Like one of the one of my clients that I work with is a designer, and you know I was shooting with her for a few years before. I finally started to be like, man, I wish I could wear this, you know? And yeah. um, actually, it's Chromat. I'm just going to say it because she was oh, yeah, yeah. it. But like, you know. And she's now very inclusive. She, well, she's always actually been very inclusive in terms of representation. But yeah. she would show it on the runway, but the clothes wouldn't necessarily be sold because nobody wanted to buy them. Like yeah. like sellers, stores, because it's she's a high-end line. No, it's exactly. Not like, you know, and Barney's wasn't asking for <laughs> plus-size yeah. clothing. Um, and it, you know, like I, eventually I was like, man, I can't wear this. And the more she started to become aware of it and then she became involved with the film, she was like, wait, why am I, what? And you know, now she goes up to a three X Yeah. and Nordstrom just bought, just bought it and she's selling through Nordstrom and it's amazing, but it took time. You know what I mean? It took time for me to feel comfortable talking to her about it, for her to come to that conclusion herself through just observing the world the world and hearing these stories and being a part of this movement and you know it can be done and it can be done well like the stuff that she's doing is beautiful and the fit is incredible yeah no the first round of fit wasn't incredible and like i definitely you know she gave me like six swimsuits to come try on yeah they didn't fit and they were my they were my size and you know i had to sit there and send her the pictures and show her and then the next round, you know, it was kind of, I was like nervous because I went in and she's like, well, do you want to just take the swimsuits home and try them on? Cause we were on set. And yeah. I was like, yeah. But then I'm, I started to post about it cause I wanted to share with people that now they went up to a three X. I was so excited to tell my followers. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, but do they fit right? And she's like, go try them on. <laughs> like, yeah. and so I was nervous cause I didn't want to do it in front of her because she's my good friend and I didn't want to let her down. And I already felt like I kind of did. Yeah. And so we went into the, the we went into the bathroom together so I could try them on and I was like expecting that like I would pull them up and it, and was, it would stop at a certain point and, and yeah. it didn't. God. It fits so well. The fit was it was such an emotional moment and you know, it can be done and it can be done well if you care. Yeah. You know, if you just take the time to care. And yes, it may take a little extra investment of your time, but again, 67% of women are yeah. size 14 and above. You're yeah. going to make the money. Just put in some time. Yeah. And I know it's 50% of men are over a 40 or over a 38. And it's kind of like, but you don't make anything for th- Why would you wow. just leave out? Not like with women and men combined, you're leaving way more than half of the country. Just like, no, they're not going to let's, we're not even going to entertain the notion. That yeah. And people it. are like, Oh my God, retail is dying. Malls are dying. It's like, because you don't, you don't dress us. <laughs> Like we can't buy our clothes. That's why. Why do you think the yeah? That's why the on-demand brands that will send it to you and do free returns for sizing and is size inclusive. That's why they're blowing the fuck up right yeah. now because people can actually wear stuff. Exactly. I had never heard of Asus until they launched their men's line, and then all of a sudden, or their plus men's line, which is great by the way. And oh, it's it. awesome. Yeah. I love their stuff. I don't even work for them. I've never worked for them. This I just like their stuff. Yeah, they're I'm great. I'm wearing Asus right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're like the one brand i talk about I'm like i've never worked for them but i really love <laughs> just love what yeah. they do so it, it's it's baby steps i feel like it's all baby steps but eventually you know the baby grows up and the steps get bigger and and we just keep on going 
Yeah. I think it's doing perfect. Thank you so much, Anastasia, for being here today. Thanks for having me. I mean, we're at your house, so you you would be here. But you know, (laughs) thanks for letting me be here. (laughs) Thanks for letting me be here today. Uh, This was so awesome. Please, everyone, check out uh, Anastasia on all of the social media's platforms. Follow her. Uh, Her uh, Twitter and no, I don't know if you do Twitter. Instagram handle is. At Anastasia G Photo. And it's the same for Twitter as well. Oh, perfect. I have a Twitter. <laughs> I don't use it. <laughs> um, and please check out our website. Check out our awesome portfolio. Check out all the pictures from Straight Curve. Check out all the pictures she did with Chromat. Check out our girl, Marquita. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, Marquita. It's awesome. Anastasia, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Amazing. Thank you so much, Anastasia, for being on our show. Everyone, please check out all of her social medias at Anastasia G Photo on Instagram and all the other fun stuff. Uh, go check out her website. She does amazing work and she ain't stopping anytime soon. Please follow us on social media at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Big Things Pod at our own website, BigThingsPod.com. Email us at Zach at BigThingsPod.com and Josh at BigThingsPod.com. Go out and enjoy your week, and remember, until next time, go out into the world and do big things. But I